Hello and welcome to the England Rugby Podcast of O2 Inside Line. Brought to you this week by Vernon Kay and myself, Hugo Monnier. We're back in camp for another sit-down with one of the men donning the proud red rose. And our guest this week is one of England's best love stars. Yeah, having all my brothers like well-known, especially in Leicester, I looked at, at it as a, as a challenge because... Whenever they hear your name, they're like, oh, he should be good. We lift the lid on this explosive centre. Of course, it's the man in the middle, Manu Tuilagi. Obviously, first cap, and I couldn't believe that Johnny was playing 10. I remember watching in 2003 with my dad and brother at 3 in the morning. He was the only one, really, that with his name that we knew, Johnny. As well as our chats with Manu, we also learn more about scrum half Ben Young's taste and our new feature, Dreaming of Dinner. I said my start as my main and my dessert was <laughs> cheese, and, cheese and wine. And it's mainly wine. Maybe a hog roast. Like, I, I just, you know what? I just, I don't mind. Just whatever they want to feed me. And listen out for this one as England hooker Jack Singleton dishes the dirt on his guilty pleasures. But let's get straight into the action and dive into Vernon Case chat with England centre Manu Tuilagi. It's a great pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Manu Tuolangi. And I'm very excited. No, no disrespect to the previous players that we've had on this podcast, right? We, we love and adore everyone equally. However, I'm really excited because, Manu, when you walk on the field, I don't think there's any player in the England team, squad, camp, who gets a rapturous round of applause and just an outpouring of respect like you get. Do you feel that when you're on the field from us fans? Yeah, 100%. Um, thank you, Ben, for having me on, on your show. Um, but 100%, you, you can feel it. I, I can feel it. And, you know, it makes you it makes you want to do do well and do the best for the people that are cheering you on. It's, it's, uh, it's an unbelievable feeling. Why do you think, and, and be honest, you can be as humble as you want when you answer this question, why do you think you get that kind of respect shown to you from the fans? What do you think it is? I probably feel sorry for me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it, um, a part of it has got to be the way that you play the game? Uh, maybe, maybe a, a little bit. Let's go back to when your rugby career started. Let's talk about uh, you growing up in Samoa because you're one of seven. Um, yeah, one of seven. Uh, I'm, I'm the youngest. Growing up back home was, I guess, it was, um, it was very, it was, it was easy in a way. You wake up. You do your chores, clear out all the all your land and all the leaves, and and uh, we have a horse, so we have to clear up all the all the poop. Me and my brother would have to. I know what rock that's paper like. scissors. <laughs> oh, for the yeah. Which brother uh, were you rock paper scissoring uh, with to clear me, all the poop? My my brother Violet is two years older than me, and uh, my other brother Andy. Was right, like all two years apart, so. But I always ended up doing it. <laughs> <laughs> because li- life in Samoa is, is, is all about uh, family, yeah. right? It's all about staying together as a unit uh, and being strong together. Yeah, we're, we're a tight family. Um, even now, you know, we're, we're all over the place. Um, here in Leicester, mum and dad. And two brothers and um, my Fafafina brother, uh, Julie. Uh, she lives back there with uh, with is, mum is and dad. Is Julie one of the eldest? Uh, she's uh, she's fifth. Is it, how often do you get together, all of you? It's very hard now. Is it? Yeah, it's um, to get everyone together. It's quite it's quite expensive. 
<laughs> I Very can imagine. Expensive. When was the last time you all got together? 2015. Where did, um, where did you all meet up? Did you meet halfway? We met at our house. Oh, here? In England. Okay. So everyone was in, in our little village near the Broughton. Um, <laughs> literally, the village don't know what. <laughs> didn't know what was going on. We um, So me and uh, my fiance, we bought our house. And we all moved in together. We all just took, we didn't even move, have a chance to move in ourselves. No way. So we all moved in, went there on the, in, in the minibus. There, there, there's literally um, two Alangi tours. Yeah, <laughs> and you can see all the neighbours just looking out the windows, like what's going on here. But no one's going to argue with you <laughs> when they see the they're two Alangis get out of a, of a tour bus. They're very nice, uh, nice people, nice village. Your family has an amazing rugby history and the fact that you've got how many brothers that have played professional rugby uh five you've got five, five brothers in one family that have played professional rugby. julie would have been a good back row so you said that julie was fafafina yeah right, what does that what does that mean just explain uh, so uh, fafafina means uh live as a woman so they uh, they decide from whatever age they they want to live as a woman and make up Everything. And when everything. did when did Julie realise that she was Fafafina? What age? Um, not sure to be fair, but from looking at all the school photos, she was always very early on. Early on, and always like hanging around with the girls and long hair and dress up and in girls' clothes. So um, I, I love the, I love the fact that uh, you boys have supported Julie all the way from the moment I would imagine Julie put on a dress. Don't matter to exactly. us really, and um, back in time, more there's, there's quite a you know there's a massive community of Fafafinas, and yeah, it's just normal. It's part of. Uh, now, we did speak earlier on that we were going to talk about Julie, and you said, "Oh, she'll probably listen." So, Julie, hello. Uh, <laughs> so you love this England camp at Penny Hill Park. <laughs> yeah, uh, hi from all of us, sending our love. Uh, but having let's talk about uh, the rugby playing brothers. Having five of you play professional rugby. Do you ever, or did you ever, get down and plan where you would all go and play, or when you would all go and play? Um, no, it all started from Freddie. My my mum and dad had had a choice whether to let him stay in school or or play. He played for Sam Moore at a young age; he was eighteen, and then he came over and he actually came over and. And played in Halifax, right. Blue Sox for, and then um, yeah, I guess all my brothers. Rugby is a, a main sport back in Samoa, and I think all my brothers just followed the uh, Freddie's footstep, and it's same as same as myself. It, it, it wasn't hard to like have one, have someone to look up to and be a be a role model or a hero. It's crazy that like five of you have played professional rugby from one family. Is is there anything, any one common thread uh, that you all did growing up? Because you you came to the UK at twelve, uh, speaking yeah. very little English. But is there anything that you learnt uh, pre twelve that you all did that set you up to be such good, talented, hardworking rugby players? I think just growing up in the village and you, you never want to lose in anything don't matter what it is <laughs> rugby or 
it's uh, one of the things from the village you're proud of your village and you never want want to let your village down and things like that and your family and I guess that um, they always would take that with us so when you go back you guys are you like heroes no we just go back to our village um, and we enjoy uh, our village come round and we had a few the whole drinks. village comes round yeah the whole village will come round <laughs> And uh, we'll yeah we'll have a few few drinks and some food. Brilliant, I love it's that. Quite nice. What what was it like when you when you came over to the UK? Was it tough initially? Yeah, it was it was tough in terms of uh, language barrier. Didn't speak English or so. Like going to school, it was I, I used to dread going <laughs> going to school. Really, but um, luckily I I had. Um, my mate, my best mate now, uh, Ryan Bauer, <laughs> he used to just look after me. He's basically <laughs> he's babysitting me the whole, the whole time. Is he doing your homework for you? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> You've been rumbled. So, uh, so when did you get into rugby over here in the UK? Were you already a talented rugby player in Samoa at 12? So, yeah, I came to visit my brother, really, but... Um, just you know, you come over. And you, um, you know, there's more opportunities here in terms of school and mm. and work and that. Um, but rugby always been. I, I love I love playing rugby since since I can remember. Do you think your older brothers set an, a good example for you in the way that they play rugby and they kind of paved the way? Yeah, yeah. Having all my brothers like well known, especially in Leicester, it was. I looked at, at it as a, as a challenge because whenever they hear your name, they're like, oh, he, he should be good. And for me, was, I, I saw that as a round of trying. Well, you're, you're, it's the family <laughs> reputation. So, yeah, so I, I always looked at that as a positive. Was it a different, difficult transition for you, integrating within school and then playing rugby? How was that rugby transition? Because I heard a story that you hadn't really seen an actual rugby ball until you got to the UK, is that right? Yeah, well, we had rugby balls back back home, but even if you have a ball, everyone play rugby every day and you, you pop <laughs> within a week. So we go back to our usual plastic bottle filled with, um, with dry grass, so it's nice and light. Uh, not green grass, otherwise you break your foot when you're trying to kick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, or, or a stick. And we used to have this uh, special move where you're both holding a stick and only you two can know which one's going to run off of it. Nice. That's a special move. That's, that that yeah. sounds like a very special <laughs> move indeed. Uh, so when you were in sixth form, you were picked by the Leicester Tigers Academy. What was the first thing that a family member said to you once you were picked for the Leicester Academy? Was it, an, was uh, it expected of you? It wasn't really a big thing. Really? Uh, not not for anyone, but it was big for me. Yeah. But I guess it's good because, you know, that's only the start. You know, now the hard work starts of trying to stay in, in the academy and try and, and get in the team. And how was the how was the reaction from your older brothers when that happened? Did they, did they say, look, listen, you've obviously got talent, but talent is nothing if you don't put in the hard work? Yeah. Because always. obviously they're already up and running in their professional careers. Yeah, it was always uh, that. Um, hard work is the number one thing if you want to if you want to make it in um, in, in the Tigers 
man. Well, that's just life, really, isn't yeah, it? it is. Everyone exactly. knows that. Hi, this is Sam Underhill, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. We'll be back with Manu soon, but first it's Ben Youngs, and he's serving up his thoughts and his dream dinner party in our new feature, Dreaming of Dinner. And Ben, well, he's quizzed by his England teammate, Rory McConaughey. I'm Rory McConaughey, and I'm here with Ben Youngs, and we're going to find out, Ben, what your dream dinner party would be. So can we start off with your first three guests? I'd have my wife, Charlotte, uh, and then I'd have my sister-in-law, Claire, and brother-in-law, Jake, and uh, we would have it on Leonardo DiCaprio's yacht in the middle of the Mediterranean somewhere, like picturesque. Uh, I'd want Mumford and Sons on acoustics just in the corner playing just nice not too loud so we can have a conversation but uh, you know just there just present I'd like loads of family and friends just waiting just offshore for as soon as the party the dinner party's finished because you didn't mention that they can actually come on board after <laughs> and then Mumford can then lift the volume up to start not too fussed really mate just loads of wine uh, I'll have cheese to start cheese for main cheese for dessert with loads of wine uh, that'll be absolutely fine with me <laughs> maybe a steak as well on top <laughs> and the dress code would be uh, I mean we could have fancy dress but I don't think it'd be appropriate on a yacht so maybe um, maybe we'd have to go like black tie I think and yeah that makes sense and um, you said your starters I said my starters my main and my dessert was <laughs> cheese, well, cheese and wine you said your it's, it's, it's main ma- mainly wine maybe a hog roast <laughs> like I, I just do you know what I just I don't mind just whatever they want to feed me mind you if you're in the med you probably want some nice nice fish don't you oh, some fresh fresh prawns yeah sea bass or sushi so, just, oh, I know it's just, Mediterranean but yeah. no but why not yeah. we can Fish. get it there we're on a yacht we can, we can totally get it there it's our dinner we have what we want I couldn't answer it until I'm there I won't know what I want but I'll yeah. want something well that sounds great thanks for the invite um, no enjoy it Ben <laughs> thanks mate uh, yeah yeah you, you can wait offshore like I said <laughs> Sounds like quite the night, Ben. Calorific. Love the location. Of course, as always, family comes first. Cheers to that. Back now to the England camp and Werner's chat with Manu Tuilangi. So, uh, you made your England debut against Wales at Twickenham in 2011. Johnny Wilkinson set you up for your first international try. How was that? Um, unbelievable. I still remember having my interview on the Thursday of that game. And uh, they asked, like, obviously the first cap, and I couldn't believe that Johnny was playing 10. I remember watching the 2003 with my dad and brother at three in the morning. We were just sat in front of the TV and watched Johnny. He was the only one, really, that we, his name that we knew, Johnny. Really? Um, <laughs> um, and then to come here and, and get an opportunity to play with him is... He is something special. We recently had the the fans event in Bristol, and uh, you, myself, and Johnny Wilkinson were sat in front of uh, a coffee machine, uh, the barista, (laughs) and it was interesting how much respect everyone pays Johnny, and it was evident from from you how much respect you have for that guy, and it was really really nice to see. And the fact that you didn't let him in the coffee club was brilliant. <laughs> when we'll come to coffee club, we haven't got much time, but we'll come to that in just a second. A match that you're often remembered for is the 2012 Autumn International fixture against the All Blacks at Twickenham. England won 38-21, largest ever winning margin over the All Blacks. 
uh, and you were involved in all three uh, of England's tries. How do you assess your professional career? Do you remember moments like that? Because the nation's going bonkers, we've thrashed the All Blacks, you're involved yeah. in three tries. Is that something you reflect on or is that something that you put to bed and move on to the next accomplishment? At the time, it wasn't as big as as at the time, but when, when you look back now, um, it's actually uh, an unbelievable thing to, to do and to be involved in. Mm. But I guess at the time when you're in that moment, you, you sometimes forget to to actually enjoy that moment and just think, oh, we're just being the All Blacks. It's always like, right, we're done now with the autumn. You go back to your club um, and you just got to focus on the next game. So, But to think back and, and look back at it, yeah, it's very special. You've had some serious injuries which have kept you away from the game. How do you motivate yourself to come back and play at such a high level that, or a high standard that you've set yourself? I guess the challenge for myself is that... Um, to see if I can, I always challenge to see if I can get back. But you know, it was quite tough getting getting injured, and I, I see, you know, the boys get injured. It's, I know what it's like, and you know, you try and speak to them, but there's nothing really you can say that will make them feel better. Mm. Are there any times like in that whole period where you lent on your older brothers? Um, yeah, my my brothers and. Um, my family, you know, the, those sort of people that they they really stand stand up for you when 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 you need it the most. And I think for me it was um, my my fiance was was the one that um, that helped me the most. You know, she was there. We lived together for a long time, and she, you know, I go home frustrated, and she's always there. This is Jamie George, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. More from Manny shortly, but right now it's time to find out a little bit more about England hooker Jack Singleton. Courtney Laws does some digging for us and quizzing Jack on all of his guilty pleasures. Hi, it's Courtney Laws with uh, Jack Singleton, and I'm going to ask him some questions about his guilty pleasure. First one being music. Yeah, so my musical guilty pleasure is probably Earth, Wind & Fire. Sort of went through a bit of a phase of them and they're on repeat on my playlist quite a lot of the time. They're saying that I'm not really that guilty about it because I rate them quite highly. Okay, very good. How about food? I'd have to say milkshakes. Um, anything, Any company off delivery that does milkshakes will tend to be my go-to. What's your favourite TV programme, Guilty Pleasure? One I'm definitely guilty of was um, I've watched all of Gossip Girl. Yeah, that I'm pretty embarrassed about, to be honest. Thanks for sharing. Some may say oversharing. You like Gossip Girl. I love a bit of Love Island. Either way, thank you for all of that. Cheers, mate. Right, it's back now to Werner's chat with the chief himself. It's Manu Tuolangi. Now, when you recently came back into camp, Manu, we were talking to Jamie George and Elliot Daly, and Elliot Daly and Jamie George are kind of the two boys who have set up this coffee club because, like you guys, everyone loves a coffee. Yeah. So they brought in their own machine, and then you come along, and rumour has it that you brought your own machine <laughs> because you weren't happy with George and Daly's no. coffee shop. Is that right? Is that no. true? No, it was... Um, but you do have your we, own machine now, right? Yeah, yeah, I have my own machine, but at that time... It was good. It was good coffee, and um, but we had I think we had like four or five days that the boys were off. But um, I was doing my rehab here, right? 
So I couldn't go without um, making myself. But we have exactly the same machine. Right. So we've, we've off the record asked various players who make the best coffee. And you've really thrown the cat amongst the pigeons now because you said you've got the same machine. So do you use no, different yes. beans to them? It don't matter what beans it is, as long as they're fresh. Um, right. Then, you know, but you so why to... are players liking your coffee better than theirs? <laughs> I don't know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must have a, d- a different technique to them. I'm going to have to let this uh, <laughs> carry on in, in future podcasts. Uh, you've got a dog called Elvis. Yeah. Why do you call him Elvis? Because he's the king. Yeah. Um, are you an Elvis fan? Yeah, I like, I like Elvis. What's your go-to karaoke song? If I go Elvis, I'll go with... Um... Lonesome, really a slow one. Mm. Are you... Did you do the impression? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, come I'm on! Sorry, not, mate. All right, we won't make you do the impression because we we don't want to kind of water down the, yeah. the Iron Man reputation that you have. But you can't help sing an Elvis song with an Elvis accent. You got an adorable baby girl, Lani. Yeah, it must be nice when you go back and you you see the missus and the baby, and it it's it just switch off from rugby. Yeah, it makes everything better. Um, it's a tonic, isn't it, having a baby, having a child? Yeah, because you, you know, you, you win, you lose um, from rugby, and you go back, and you have your family. It's always the same. It just brings you back down, and you forget about everything. Um, but but like Eddie's kind of instilled a family environment within camp, though, hasn't he? Yeah, it's like because we've noticed it. It's like everyone's like really close, really tight, and open conversations. It's like a team full of brothers now, this England team. Yeah, that's where we, we want to get to. You know, we're, we're tighter than, uh, than ever before, and, you know, I definitely feel that, you know, we've been in a lot of um, different squads. But, you know, this is it's a different feeling yeah. in this in this group of players. And, and for me, just to, to be here with them, is, it's special. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait for Japan. Honest. Um, any other music preferences that you like? Ed Sheeran. Favorite song? Favorite one at the moment is uh, Perfect. Have you seen I him live? I made my debut in uh, 2011, and I sang uh, the A Team. Oh, was that your my song? First song, yeah. Nice. Um, but no, I haven't. What was the reaction like? Playing my guitar. Um, Are you good at playing guitar? I I, I like playing guitar. Um, just um, do you have it downtime. with you? Do you have it with you in your room? Yeah. Do you? I only just hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Johnny May plays drums. He plays drums, yeah. You play guitar. Do you have a bassist? I've no idea, but I know who can sing. Who? Who? Uh, Joe Marchin. All right, so we've got a drummer. He was singing in the changing room the other day. Surely one of the boys can be able able to play keyboard. We could get a band here. Come on. You'd have to ask Eddie. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you're right. You're right. We will have to ask Eddie. He'll probably join in. Let's be honest. Great backing vocals. Manu, thank you so much. Just a huge tournament ahead of us, and we hope that you play exceptionally well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Cheers, mate. And that's it, the inside line of the big man, Manu Tuolang. And a big thank you to Manu for being our guest this week and to all the England boys who featured in this episode. We really hope you're enjoying this. It is our fourth season of the official England Rugby podcast. And if you are, please show us a bit of support by leaving us a rating and a review. Every episode of O2 Inside Line is pretty special, but I've got to say, next week is extra special as I get the privilege of sitting down with a true legend of England rugby, not just England rugby, 
World Rugby. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that episode. It's dropping really soon. Until then, from me and the team, it's goodbye. Goodbye.